It's Tom Cruise's oblivion about Alton Towers. Does Jordan still yearn for the toes of Dane Bowers? That's right, she's here. Dobby from Peep Show, Esther from Shameless, Izzy Sooty from Izzy Sooty's various live events, <laughs> the woman who shared a tent with me at Latitude Festival 2006, Izzy Sooty. Hello. Welcome to Answer Me This, Izzy. Thank you. Uh, well, of course, uh, we're not the only people who are excited that you're here, Izzy. The listeners are as well. Mike has tweeted in to say, Izzy Sooty on Answer Me This, she's my allowed celebrity shag. What's his name? Mikey. His name's Mike Stoner One on Twitter. Yeah. Is he on your list of allowed Twitter shags? <laughs> I don't think he is. I don't know if I've got one. You are, you do have a boyfriend, don't you? I do have a boyfriend. So it's important that you negotiate with him the people on Twitter that you're allowed to have affairs with. <laughs> yeah, I'll go and address it immediately. Have you um, ever had that discussion, in fact, with your boyfriend, that whole celebrity shag business? No. What What is it? Is it like... Well, you're all allowed you... one, aren't you? You're allowed one. You, you can't cheat. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the case of the boy band, does that count as one? I don't know. <laughs> um, not allowed to go with Jay anymore since he left me. <laughs> you're, you know, you, you have a, a faithful relationship. You believe in absolute fidelity, however... Well, it's not absolute fidelity if you're having this conversation about loopholes. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Does the conversation lead to the potential in the future that you might just think about, consider, even if you don't meet that celebrity, perhaps someone who just looks a bit like them? I think it's got to be someone who you'll never meet who looks like no one else. Like Steve Buscemi. Or Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, or David Bowie, because one, one eye's a different colour. He looks a bit like Tilda Swinton. Yeah, that's true. You might true. possibly meet Tilda Swinton. Yes, he does look like Tilda Swinton. There is a chance, isn't there, that you might be in a room with David Bowie at some point in your I, exciting Izzy I City like life. I like the fact that you think that that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we've never had that chat. I guess I sometimes say mm. that, like, we were watching The Wire last night and I said... I want to marry McNulty, but that was because he'd just, like, been really gallant. <laughs> it's nice so, that you went for personality rather than just looks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got a thing for gallant guys. Yeah. Would it be a knight, then? Would that be your idea of celebrity shag, like Sir Gawain? He's a bit old oh, now. I yeah. don't know if you've seen him about, but he's really let himself go. Uh, well, anyway, uh, this is a very big deal, your presence in the room, Izzy, for James in China, who says... I've just finished listening to Answer Me This 251 and towards the end I was very happy to hear that Izzy Sooty would be on your show. However, as you were announcing it, something very strange happened. Oh. I know what you're thinking. Did he get a stiffening of the penis? As Helen was doing (laughs) As Helen was doing her one handed drum roll. Not a euphemism. (laughs) I thought to myself, I bet they've got in Izzy Sooty. Amazing. Wow. wow. Oh, so he had a premonition. He had a pre- Someone called Derek Akora. There's a new psychic in town. In China. <laughs> Seriously, he says. Of all the people in the world whose names I could have thought of, I thought of her and no one else. Maybe he's only ever heard of her. <laughs> yes. Are you big in China? Not that I know of, but I could go there and do a tour date to James. Now, I'm not some mental peep show nut or is he obsessive. This email is not suggesting that this is true. <laughs> so... I'm not constantly thinking of Izzy or anything, but I'm baffled as to why her name would have popped up. There has to be some logical explanation. There does. How has my mind linked you guys? Have either of you worked with her in another podcast or show? We shared a tent at Latitude 2006. You probably heard about that on uh, (laughs) tentshare.com. Have you announced it somewhere else on the web? It was on Twitter. 
Yeah, I think that's probably what's happened, isn't it? You've I seen think it on possibly. Twitter. He could Facebook. have read Twitter late at night and yeah. absorbed it. And then the yeah. next day listened to the podcast and forgotten that he knew who it was going to be. Uh. Uh, there must be some connection, he says, <laughs> I've made to have thought of that name. And it must be something you publicised in some way because there's no way I might have accidentally overheard one of you in a pub talking about it because I live in China. Right. <laughs> so Izzy, answer me this. How did this happen? I think... Did you ever do this when you were doing your GCSEs or A-levels? Did you record yourself on a cassette tape tell, saying all the facts that you needed to learn and then play it mm. while you were asleep? Mm. And it goes into your head. Does but, it work? Well, I did it and it didn't work. But <laughs> There's no control experiment, though. No. You don't know how badly you might have done without it. That's true. And also, we were on the phone all night the night before our English language A-level to two boys we met at Centre Parts called Marius and Ed. How did it work out with those guys? It didn't work out with those guys. I'm sorry to hear it. What and a waste. I, I got a B in English language because mm. of... Uh, because of that so even though I'd played all the facts to myself I didn't remember things about language acquisition because we've been talking about swimming and tennis all night okay and this um, links to China how so this links to China because (laughs) I think China's quite ahead in technology so it's possible that James has got some kind of contraption that plays him his Twitter feed while he's asleep which actually would be quite a good invention so he doesn't ever have to look at it it just goes in by osmosis so his subconscious has absorbed it because you've tweeted about it but he wasn't conscious of it happening I do wonder actually if I was doing my A-levels now uh, whether I'd take this kind of subliminal learning idea into the digital sphere because I too when I was sort of 17, 18 I remember for my history A-level I had facts kind of written on post-it notes around the house it's quite embarrassing when my parents had friends round because it would say as you came down the stairs just above your head Hitler becomes Chancellor 1933 <laughs> <laughs> as if this was something worth celebrating and cutting out putting on the wall it's by far the least weird thing in the house you grew up <laughs> that is actually true um... clowns everywhere <laughs> well Izzy another thing that we were talking about on the show last week is auditions and Ahmed from Leicester has written in to say the conversation about auditions last week got me thinking about casting calls when a casting director is looking for someone who fits a particular negative stereotype, what do they put in the casting call? They can't possibly write unattractive geeky guy, fat girl, or shifty paedophile looking type, can is she, they? Is she talk, is he talking about the cast of Answer Me This? Shut up. <laughs> so, Izzy, answer me this. What do they write in these situations? I know what he means. Sometimes to save people's egos or feelings, they say, like, Roseanne Barr type. Oh. How is that pulling any punches? But I suppose then it's like one step removed from going... Yeah. Fat middle-aged like, angry woman. Yeah, because also she's very funny. So it's mm. like and you successful. go, oh, okay, she's funny and successful. So mm. that, so mm. I think it kind of coats it in a... Or they, but sometimes they go too far and they're like, think Mackenzie Crook crossed with a squirrel. In it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor Mackenzie Crook being the touchstone. Uh, or Have sometimes you ever had one that no. says, is he sooty type? Uh, no, but someone told me that they'd read that, and then but the per- that, but it hadn't wanted to audition me. Oh, that's yeah. so weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Izzy Sooty's a bit old for the Izzy Sooty type. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have you, have you seen that? And there's that Bruce Campbell thing, isn't there? There's like the five stages of acting, which is like, who is Bruce Campbell? Get me Bruce Campbell. Get me Bruce Campbell type. Get me a younger Bruce Campbell type. Who is Bruce Campbell? <laughs> that's utterly brilliant. And when you uh, got the call for Dobby and Peep Show, was there a type written out? I remember it said, doesn't seem 
attractive at first, but we can ugly Betty this. <laughs> I said that. I recently signed up to a new agent and they did that thing where they, they fill in a form with all your physical details. It's like eyes blue, accents you can do. I had to do one for club sites. Like, <laughs> but, how am I going to define that out? But then they were going to do physical build and I was like, well, there's plump on there, put plump. And they're like, no, no, no. And they put curvy. I was like, no, but I am plump. <laughs> so if I turn up to a casting and they're like, oh, she's plump, we, we're asking for curvy. There must be fewer people looking for the plump roles. Surely. I, I'd say you were curvy rather My than... My stomach plump. curves out. <laughs> can, I, um, can I point out at this stage that I'm the only person on this podcast without an agent and I'm seeking representation. <laughs> I can Legal play geek- representation. <laughs> I can play geeky or tubby. Yeah. So, uh, you're not tubby. No, you're really I can, not tubby. I can play it. You I've can, got a bad posture. You can play furry. What I type, can definitely play What furry. type is Martin? Well, in gay parlance, he's an otter. Yeah, Which is otter, uh, yeah. thinner than a bear, but hairy. Yeah. yeah. Ottery Daniel Kitson type. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that get? Wow, is that what he'd been? An otter. Yeah, because bears are quite burly. Yeah, states, bears are big. Yeah. Whereas I'd be a what do they call chubby people? You're a semi bear, but you're not quite hairy I'm enough. Not, you're not really a bear. bear yeah. no. You're like a bear that's been like a shaved bear. Shaved bear. <laughs> shaved bear. <laughs> teddy bear. A bear, 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 bear that ran through an especially prickly head. What about a gummy bear? Oh, gummy bear. Yeah. That's quite nice. Well, gummy bear to me is. A child who's going to end up being a gay bear. (laughs) (laughs) You can sort of see the potential. If you've got a question, email your question to answer me this podcast at googlemail.com. Answer me this podcast at googlemail.com. Answer me this podcast at googlemail.com Answer me this podcast at googlemail.com So Izzy, now that you're warmed up into your Answer Me This experience, are you enjoying it? Yeah. Well, good, because that uh, puts you way above our last Answer Me This guest, Jackie Mason. <laughs> did you really have Jackie Mason on? We had we Jackie did, yeah. Mason on. See, she's impressed. It was a good yeah. booking. I'm very impressed with that. Yeah. He yeah. was not impressed with us. Yeah. He was not into it at all. He didn't did he know give he... you Farrah Roches? No! He gave us nothing but disdain. He didn't come to the AMT no. Towers. We went to him. I think the stairs would have killed him. <laughs> he didn't know who you are, were or what the internet is. So or why I we were there. He was, yeah, he was best pleased with it. I agree with you, though. It's cool to interview a living legend before he becomes a dead legend, yeah, isn't it? I mean, God, Jackie yeah. Mason, that's massive. Yeah, he just yeah didn't really... He was wasn't really keen. into it. Not keen. Yeah. Did he do a jingle? No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, he did do a little sting. Yeah, but he was always... I've a- just been on the whole Lolly show. Don't ask me why, but I have. Something yeah. like that. But he was right, holding okay. the mic against his chest, so you couldn't really hear it, and there was this sort of knocking sound as well. You'd think an industry professional such as he, if he was making such an error, it would have been deliberate sabotage. Very difficult, mm. isn't it? How do you tell a veteran stand-up of so many decades standing that he's holding the microphone wrong? You can't. You, you can't, can't, no. Time for a question of food now from Sarah, who says, I was making a bagel with cream cheese and jam for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Izzy just made a face That's of That's a classic repulsion. American breakfast. Is it? Yeah, cream cheese and jam, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I've had that. Well, of course, they would call it jelly. Uh, and I must have been distracted, she says, because what I thought was a bottle of jam turned out to be sweet pepper and ancho chilli spread. Oh. The clash between... Mm. I think that's a nicer taste. That still work. She says maybe the, not first thing. The clash between the taste I was expecting and what it actually tasted like almost made me throw up in fear and surprise. Alright. Uh, so, Izzy, answer me this. Have you ever accidentally eaten anything that made you this specific kind of sick? Um... 
the disconnect between expectation and result, which I suppose is what people like Heston Blumenthal are actually gunning for. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You see, he's taking things that you'd think would make you feel sick and then they taste nice. So that's turning up his head. But I think if I looked at, say, an apple and it turned out to be made out of chicken liver pate... I would be a bit upset. I think if you picked one off a tree and it was full of chicken liver pate, then that is certainly true. Well, I'd be done for scrumping fake pate apples, wouldn't I? (laughs) It would be worth making a fake pate apple and then watching with binoculars (laughs) see someone steal it from an orchard. I can't think of... I I went to that restaurant Dan Le Noir in East London. the pitch black place? Yeah, yes, it's... it's quite a weird experience. All the waiters are blind and it's pitch black in there. And so you get led to your table by a blind waiter or waitress. You hold your hand onto the shoulder of the person in front of you. And you all go in a big line with other people who are going to sit down. And then the blind waiter or waitress, I don't have to keep saying blind, the waiter or waitress <laughs> says, uh, you sit here, this is your seat. And I sat on someone's knee. I sat on a man's knee. Uh, so that was the first thing. It was very weird. You're sort of packed in. I thought, uh, so you can write... Anyway, this is a long way of telling you that That's you fine. don't know what you're going to eat. I'm the detail, yeah. It's a, it's a Sorry, surprise why do you not menu. Know what you're, I can understand why the blind waiters don't know what you're going to eat. Because it's meant to all be not? about sensory surprise. Yeah, so you can choose either meat, vegetarian, or surprise. Like on a plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I chose surprise. Mixed together. (laughs) Surprise. What was that? Um, Well, it's mad food. It's like stuff that I would never normally have like emu with pasta and that was similar the shock was similar yeah to what because you, you don't know what you expected what you expected you was a meal that's too expensive in a weird novelty way with blind waiters yeah and what exactly. you got was something that didn't taste nice either you have yeah. to eat pasta with your hands well I had, you have to eat it all with your hands because when it's pitch black I spilled mm. wine all over the person next to me um, and then you have to eat it with your hands because if you try and eat with a fork and a knife and it's pitch black you just can't get any purchase you start carving through the table. Yeah. Were, so that was strange. That yeah. Were you on a date? No, I was with my sister. Because <laughs> a lot of people go to those on dates. That's I don't know weird. what. It, well, no, I think you'd be very strange. the wrong person, couldn't you? I wonder whether it is a, an excuse to grope the other person and be like, oh, sorry, I was just looking for the salts and I got your breast. <laughs> yes. It's quite interesting. We got chatting to the people next to us another time. I went, I've been twice. Oh, right. Um, and the second time we got chatting to the people next to us and they were really posh and they worked in the city. And then we got outside and one of them was dressed as a druid and he had hair <laughs> down to his waist. He said, This is the only restaurant I can go where no one judges me by what I wear. Yeah. Well, it's, pre- presumably the idea of having um visually impaired waiters and stuff and then having this sensory deprived experience is that you're supposed to have a sympathy for how blind people uh, sure. engage in life on a daily basis as well as sort of think about food in a different way but that's a bit like kind of uh, an rspca restaurant putting you in a bin liner and throwing you into the river isn't it it's a bit of an odd idea i think well, well also like I, I think if they had more normal food it would be because i don't think that blind people eat like emu every day no. <laughs> <laughs> like if they had like fish and chips and yeah. stuff, I think it would work better because the problem is if you're not used to being pitch blackness and then you've got to contend with like some weird consistency and you're picking it up and it's like dripping everywhere if you thought oh this is a meatball I recognise this yeah. then you'd concentrate more on the fact that you couldn't see and mm. have that insight into what it must be like I think so if you're more. eating crisps it would be okay yeah what did you have the second time then knowing what you knew about the surprise option I had surprise again did you yeah (laughs) double or quits and what was it a glutton for punishment I can't remember was it it emu again no it was seafood of some sort like some weird fish cut in circles I think the um, closest thing I've had to this experience of anticipating one thing and getting something else and I remember this very very vividly in the way that you do when anything dramatic happens to you when you're a child even though in the grand scheme of what happens to other kids this really isn't that much of a drama 
Uh, I remember seeing on a kitchen table a big lump of cheddar cheese. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, hmm, yes, I could eat some cheese now, even though it's not dinner time. This taught me a lesson. Picked it up. Big bite. Butter. Yeah, Martin's done that. Yeah, we've all done that. Didn't your brother go to a wedding and um, there was a cheese table and... It was at the end of the wedding, and a dog ran up and <laughs> <laughs> ran away with a whole brie in its mouth. He would respect that in a dog. Dogs are remarkable like that. I was watching my girlfriend riding a horse once. I was standing on the side, like looking into the arena next to a fence, and I'd brought a packed lunch with me in a plastic bag, two sandwiches, a drink, and an apple, all wrapped up in foil in the plastic bag. And whilst I was watching her, a dog obviously came up behind me and just ate all of the plastic bag, leaving the handle oh. in my hand. <laughs> So that when I looked down, I was just holding the handle of the massive bag. <laughs> All of the food had got it and eaten the wrapping and everything. You've got to admire the pluck. You have. You? It's like the dog that stole my sandwich when I was having a bad day because the family dog had just died. So I went to the park in Oxford with a sandwich that I'd been looking forward to all morning. Really good sandwich. Mm. Took a bite. Dog came up, gently took it out of my hand. The audacity of that creature. <laughs> Did it look at you? Yeah, but in a kind of, yeah, I reckon I can get away with this. Oh. Having said that... It can be a very cheerful experience. I was once very sick on alcohol in a tent. Mm -hmm. Not in the tent, but I sort of leant out of the tent to be sick at three o'clock in the morning. Dog came along, ate it in front of me whilst it was hot. (laughs) And actually, (laughs) I couldn't help but laugh. We've just shared a moment here, you and I. Okay, I'm not with all the rest of my friends still having fun. But actually, that's something that only I can ever truly appreciate, that feeling of vomiting and then seeing the dog eat it straight away. It's like a little janitor. And then the dog said, sorry, I was expecting this to taste like stew. Buy an answer me this satchel or an answer me this apron. I still got too much money. I still got too much money. Buy an answer me this mug or an answer me this yellow t-shirt. I do not like yellow. I don't look good in yellow. They're also available in red and white and black. Where can I get these things from? Where can I get these things from? From cafepress.com/answermethis. Is he at this point of the show? We like to remind our listeners of our phone number. Oh two oh eight one two three five eight double seven. So brace yourself, Izzy, to hear the voice of a listener right now. Hello, it's Simon from Sheffield. I hope you're well. Hello, Molly. Answer me this: Why do some people, and I include myself in this bracket, slap their thigh? when something really funny happens. Izzy, as a, as a popular and funny comedian, you must have seen rooms full of people all slapping their thighs <laughs> yeah. in unison. They remain stony-faced for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Slap their thighs in unison. Are you sure that you didn't go to a line dance instead of a comedy? <laughs> Do you have an involuntary laughter reaction like this, though? Maybe it's not funny slapping. For some people, it's rubbing their knees. I think I sort of quite violently move my head backwards and forwards. Yeah. I was with Sean Walsh the other day. He's another stand-up. He runs away when he laughs. It's beautiful. When you really make him laugh, he <laughs> runs to the other side of the room and runs back, just <laughs> pissing That's himself, amazing. laughing the yeah. whole time. And he gets some exercise. Yeah, exactly. Interesting psychological thing, though, isn't it? Running away from the laugh. Like, not wanting to be seen, not wanting to be shamed laughing, Odd possibly. for a comedian, isn't Well, it? he carries on looking at you, though. It's <laughs> not like he... It's just brilliant. It's like a things. quite childlike. I like it when people genuinely clutch their tummies and do a kind of yes. ho, ho, ho. My grandmother's new boyfriend, yes, she has one. Sorry, chaps. Does this thing where he, he just does one single... Ah! 
That's really weird. How does she feel yeah. about that? Well, I've never spoken to her about it. It just feels like a niche thing. Maybe that will annoy her once uh, they've already had this sort of fresh, exciting period at the beginning of Careful. a relationship. Yeah. But I just, when you're sitting in a restaurant, everyone everyone at the table's laughing, ha ha ha, and he just puts his head back, well, ha! He might apply that to all areas of his life. Like just one single strong ejaculation. Well, yeah, yeah. I was thinking if he was cleaning something, but <laughs> if he was cleaning something, like, well, imagine like, it might be very methodical. Like instead of sort of, if he was, I'm no, it's, I'm trying to get a stain off the bath. Instead of just <laughs> scrubbing the stain really slowly and delicately, he'd probably just do one push. single. Yeah. You yeah. know, if he's slicing bread, he just does one single chop. Yes, yeah. Then they have two massive slices of bread. Yeah, it's it's a bad method, but it's Mm. his way. It's efficient laughter, though, isn't it? In a way, if you're going to get a noise out, do it strong, do it loud. Do you think he just does one sob when he cries? (laughs) (laughs) Ask your grandma. I'd be interested to know. But anyway, I wonder whether the thigh thing is just the need to create even more noise than you're already doing laughing because you're enjoying it so much. It could be. Maybe it's to do with glee as well. Like I've never slapped my thigh whilst watching Glee. No, I've just put my head in my pants. (laughs) Oh. Water tune really does it for me. They're playing children. Uh. <laughs> oh, barely. Come on. <laughs> anyway, Izzy, here is a question from Gemma and Molly in Manchester. Okay. They say, shortly after moving into our rented house in Manchester last November, we noticed a number of tea bags in the backyard. I didn't think too much of it. Swept them up, discarded them, and moved on with my life. You would, wouldn't you? Some people might sweep them up and use them again. Anyway. <laughs> However... Less than a week later, I ventured into the yard again and found around 50 tea bags, all dry, so they hadn't been there very long, and they were seemingly placed in a regimented, equidistant layout all over the yard. Again, I cleared them up and threw them away, yet this has happened on four occasions since then. I can think of no person with a motive for doing this, and it happened so soon after moving in that it seems that the neighbours would have no real reason to creep us out. So Izzy answered me this. What do you think is going on? What shall I do? The neighbours do not suffer the same teabag creepiness. It's probably them doing it then, isn't it? That's what I was thinking. It's the neighbours throwing it over the fence, isn't it? They've got this yeah. weird habit. They sit and drink a cup of tea in the garden and they throw it over their shoulder. And happenstance, it arranges itself in a regular layout. But it's the fact that it's a regular layout. It's like a northern version of crop circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, um... What, uh, Tetley triangles. I want to, yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's messages for Gemma and Molly? Oh, I'd like to see a photo of them. Mm. Could it be that, like, maybe it, there's a guy next door he fancies them and he's trying to spell something out interesting wow. tactic that's bloody weird is he <laughs> it's very i'm it's, trying to think of a positive it's very shy a romantic element to garbage based semaphore could it be students could be who students think, who have enough time not only to dispose of their tea bags in an inefficient way but also to make to... it seem somehow cryptic yeah if i were them and i found out it was my neighbors i'd make a massive cup and saucer out of papier mache <laughs> and put it where the tea bags always go it would get very rained on in manchester though wouldn't get, it? let the rain go in let all the tea bags go in and when it's full <laughs> pour it through the letterbox of the neighbors <laughs> or maybe the, a fox has eaten all of the rest of your rubbish but it does not care for tea. But there'd be bits, yeah. of, bits of uh, bin bag around if that was the case, wouldn't it? Not if it's a clever fox, Martin. Once we got uh, our fridge broke and I put, we've got this, what I call the rustic bowl in the kitchen, which is a bowl that I got from a charity shop with the, made out of clay that I really love. We keep onions in and stuff. And the fridge broke and I put um, milk, bread and cheese into the rustic bowl and put it outside on the doorstep because it was really cold outside. And within half an hour, the fox had stolen the cheese but left the butter and milk. Well, it probably couldn't open the milk bottle with ease because they've not got opposable thumbs. Well, I think what we're learning is that nature can be selective, you know, as Darwin said. 
And then did it arrange the cheese rind into what looked like a deliberate pattern, but actually it was just happenstance. It could be raining tea bags in Manchester. It's the kind of near biblical event that could happen there. It'd be great if it rained tea bags. I hope it's a sort of unusual or romantic explanation rather than just that the neighbours are. Oh, do you think maybe if, if like they cut into every single tea bag, it spells out "Will you marry me?" Yeah, something like that. Yeah, there's like jewels in there. Well, do you think there's someone who is being kept in a dungeon under the neighbour's lawn? <laughs> this is their way of saying yeah. They've got like a little air vent that just emerges into uh, Gemma and Molly's lawn, and they're pushing tea bags up, going, "Please notice that I'm under here." They've been there for ten years. Oh, that's a romantic suggestion, Helen. Yes, that's exactly the kind of thing Izzy wanted. The Fritzl explanation. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Where do you go to find all the answers that you are looking for? I will tell you the secret. Very good, very good. Where do you go to find the answer? Answermethispodcast.com Where do you go to find the answer? Answermethispodcast.com You will find your answer here. Answermethispodcast.com You will find your answer here. Answermethispodcast.com Well, here's a question from Richard, who is 27 and from London. Got a mental picture of him? I've got one. Okay. He says, recently, I've noticed a dancing fox, Barbara Windsor dressed as a princess, and topless Muscle Mary gay guys on the side of buses, all promoting online bingo. With real bingo, the fun is the person calling out the numbers and doing as many cards as possible. But Izzy, answer me this. What is online bingo about? It sounds like the most boring thing you could possibly conceive of to do on your computer or phone. Um, I've never played online bingo, but I did used to go to normal bingo. Tell us more. In Catford and Lewisham. Uh, oh, why? Because it was so much fun what and happens? a really good night out. You go there and you, you can have your dinner there. You get a oh, tray. Oh, food and... at bingo hall, I okay, bet, is magnificent. Yeah, it's Let's good. gloss over the food and the tray. I imagine that alcohol has something to do with maybe this is why, why it might be more fun as the night goes on, yeah, just looking at numbers on a sheet. But it's quite exhilarating, as Richard may know. If you're playing... So you can either play like one table uh, or one game so when like for instance if the big caller goes like 32 mm-hmm. you look on one grid mm. for 32 however you can play up to at least you could then i think six tables or games at any time so when they call 32 you've got to quickly check six grids for 32 this sounds like a maths class. This doesn't sound fun so far. It's so much fun. I'm really? telling you, the buzz that you get when you're one number off, I can't explain it in words. It sounds like speed, it sounds like speed admin. Yeah. I suppose I went when I was a very poor graduate and the prospect mm. of winning money. So have you ever won anything? No, I've not won anything not at bingo. I did do a tour of Cinderella around bingo halls. <laughs> Who did you play? I played the fairy godmother. It was my first job in 2000 and I lived in Blackburn and our rent was £30 a week. Mm. Um, and Blackburn's a great place. And we got to know the locals and went to the pub a lot, but we had to do like three shows a day of Cinderella in bingo halls and prison offices, like social clubs and caravan parks and stuff. So we used to get to the bingo hall and they'd all turn up for bingo and then we'd come on and go, hello, I'm Buttons. <laughs> <laughs> all have their dabbers out ready and really pissed off. <laughs> you, yeah, because you don't want to be distracted while you're playing bingo. No, and you don't, well, to win. And bingo wasn't even going on that night. They were going to get Cinderella instead of bingo. See, what you should have done is handed out cards for, like, panto bingo. 
Yes. So for every should. oh no, you're not. Yeah. And every behind he's behind you. you yeah. That's get a tick. So right. That's a really good idea. Yeah. You know. You it's not a bad man. idea, is it? I bought a heater off a um, a prisoner because our house was so cold. And we were four of us sharing a room. Oh, I'm sure he really felt sorry for you. <laughs> with with all that freedom I have, opening the door all the time, it gets really cold in my house. <laughs> I think it might have been a prison officer, not a prisoner. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Presumably, drinking whilst you're playing bingo is dangerous as well because you might inaccurately dab. Yes. Very true. So you shouldn't get too drunk. You shouldn't have more than a pint. Uh, perhaps it. we're answering the question here because when you're at home, probably alone, online bingo playing, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to drink more than a pint, are you? But I know that in these online bingo centres, they do try and replicate the other elements that you so enjoyed, Izzy. So they have the social thing. So they have radio stations, that internet radio stations that are just for people when they're playing bingo online. Wow. So that there's like a live feeling and there's a chat room so they can all talk to each other whilst they're playing bingo so they're trying to simulate the social stuff I guess so that you don't get pissed and miss dab I think it would be good if you for any reason couldn't leave the house like yeah. if you had a disability or um, or another reason or like you you're agoraphobic or yeah you could, you didn't live near a bingo hall and you love bingo there's well, an even more depressing reason than agoraphobia is he that I found as well is it that bingo halls are closing all over the place it's sort of that why are they closing is it because the people are dying that play in them no it's because of the smoking ban Oh. Apparently a lot of the sort of older working class people that basically used to go and play bingo used to go there to smoke and chat and play bingo. Oh. And now they can't, but at home they can smoke whilst they're playing. Yeah, but at home they can't do as much of the chat and the playing of bingo and have the pie. Well, maybe they could. Or people could meet up at their houses and smoke and each bring a computer. Yeah, <laughs> good idea. You could totally do that. Yeah. Do they have online beetle drives? I remember beetle drives oh, being yeah, beetle a big drives thing when I was That's like junior bingo, isn't it? I can't yeah. even remember the rules now. You have, I have no idea It what was like all the about. parts of a beetle. It was like each of its legs oh, yes. and its body all broken yeah. up into squares. Wheelers. How do you all? How are you all nostalgically reminiscing about a thing? Where I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. Because we went to the fun parties when we were young. Yeah, you obviously. You were off like making playbills for your solo shows. <laughs> Foxy Bingo. Mm-hmm. Man dressed as a fox in a 70s suit, bit Shane Ritchie-ish. Does that like, appeal to you in any sexual, way? Sexual that character, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Would you? Yeah, yeah that's he's kind of what my I'm celebrity show. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Foxy Bingo. And I don't mean whoever does the voice, I mean that fox. The fox. I haven't seen the campaigns. How do they make Can, I, can I just be clear, though? I mean, if he's a merman and he has the lower body of a man but the face of a fox, because that's all you see is the face and hands, yeah. is he still your celebrity shag or do you actually want him as a fox? A human sized fox with the genitals of a fox. Yeah. I'd rather he had the genitals of a and fox. And the tail. Interesting. Yeah. I'd rather have the gentles of fox Why? than the morals of a fox. <laughs> Would you like him to scream during sex like foxes do as well? <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. Hello. I'm Wilson, the ball from Castaway, and here is my song about my favourite balls. <clears throat> Football, rugby ball, volleyball ball. Tennis ball, Zoe ball, basketball, netball, handball, debutante ball, bowling ball, baseball, big sweaty ball. Answer Me This Sports Day, a marathon of fun and games, out now at answermethispodcast.com slash albums. Well, here is a question from Michael from London, who says... I am a 16-year-old who unfortunately looks a lot younger than his real age, like many 16-year-old boys. I have recently acquired a shiny new girlfriend. And we have mutually decided to have sex. Unfortunately, 
our sexual activities have been put off as I am afraid to buy condoms, as I imagine the shop assistant will think I'm younger than 16. So, Izzy, answer me this. How can I overcome my fear to buy condoms? I'm surprised that a 16-year-old boy with the promise of sex could not overcome <laughs> any fear to get I know, it. it's very sweet that he's, I would go to the doctor and get some free ones. Yes, yeah, or family, family planning. planning. I love the idea of him getting an older person to buy the condoms. Like Normally you're getting them to buy <laughs> cigarettes or yeah. porns. Yeah, porn. But there is no legal age for buying condoms. Could you just go to the uh, automatic checkout where it's a robot rather than a human? Oh, and then scan mm. it. But frankly, shop assistants, particularly in London, Michael, don't care what you're buying. It's not like they go, hey, everybody come here. This kid's buying condoms. Someone's going to get some. <laughs> they've, seen, they've seen everything. They this just, is a big city. They're just going to put it through the till, make you pay, and then forget about it. What is the problem? You've just got to focus on what will happen once you've attained the condoms, and that will make you feel better about but buying them. If, if I may say, as a young man who was embarrassed looking at condoms in boots... Look online because this is the thing you can oh, do now, good idea. and choose the packet that you want. Oh, because so you're not browsing? Yes, because browsing them? when you're 16 is tricky. Could you not buy them online, Michael? Mm. No, well, no, because you need to be over 18 to have a credit card. Ah. Usually, don't you? Maybe he could send a postal order. <laughs> uh, the other option is that he could dress as Spider-Man. If there's no age limit, he could wear a mask. I think it's weirder a guy dressed as Spider-Man buying condoms. I think yeah. that's going to yeah attract uh, more attention. I was in a shop recently. And a man came in wearing a superhero suit, including the full face mask. And he was carrying a bucket because he was collecting for charity. But the shop assistant was petrified <laughs> that he was a burglar because yeah, he was wearing a hold the mask. Up. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. So don't go for the mask if that is your option. But then it does diminish the look. Here's a question from Steve in Northamptonshire who says, When my wife achieves orgasm, she frequently faints afterwards. Izzy, answer me this. Is this normal? Or do I just have magic fingers? <laughs> magic fingers? Like in yeah. the Roald Dahl story, the that's, magic fingers. Right. <laughs> and then I saw red and my wife had an orgasm and fainted. And then she turned into a swan. I, um, I, I've never heard of this before, but it sounds like he must be pretty good. <laughs> it could just be that the blood has rushed out of her head. Maybe she's got some sort of illness. Well, maybe This is an early sign if she's passing it. Maybe she's having sex in a position that means her circulation is disrupted. Jo- if she's jogging. If Steve's into that kind of sex where you throttle the person lightly as you reach climax, then I can understand yeah. why this is happening. I wonder how long she's out for. You seem to be a bit troubled by the lack of information provided by our listeners. I just wanted to know more so that I could give more good advice. Not because mm. you're a voyeur or a vampire no, for other people's misery. That's just a, a bonus. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, but I like the fact that you've put in effort throughout the entire podcast, Izzy, to really try and give the best advice. You know, not to just give an off-the-cuff remark, but to actually consider real people and their real problems and their real lives and how you can help. These are real people, aren't they? It is, oh, yes. Are. And we often, really we often think of them merely as punchlines to our mother, <laughs> but what a refreshing take on the format, is it? We hope you've enjoyed it, listeners, um, and you feel very much nourished emotionally. Uh, and if, if you'd like to be nourished with more noise from Izzy, uh, you can tune into Radio 4 very shortly, we understand. Yes, you can tune into Radio 4 from the 30th of April at 6.30. What is the name of your show? It's called Izzy Sutty's Love Letters. Okay, so you're not solving other people's problems, but they may find sucker somewhere in the material anyway. Yes, indeed, my friend. And if people want to find out more about the work of Izzy Sutty and maybe uh, some of your live performances, uh, where can they go to discover this information? They can follow me on Twitter, at Izzy Sutty. Mm-hmm. I've got a website, but I don't ever update it. Nice when people are honest <laughs> about these things. Anyway, listeners, I'm afraid there will be no Izzy Sutty next week, but we'll still be here. Yeah, if, we, if that mm. will suffice. Yeah. So mm. please, 
send us your questions via email, phone, or Skype. All of our contact details are on our website. AnswerMeThisPodcast.com Which we do update regularly, unlike IzzySooty.com. Uh, and, <laughs> and even more regularly, or sometimes just as regularly as that, we also update our Facebook page and our Twitter handle as well, at Helen and Ollie. So uh, uh, check and out our dates on that. At Martin Austwick. Well, I mean, that's, that's your discretion. That's very much optional. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, we will see you with more questions and just us, not Izzy, next week. Bye! Bye.